Welcome to the Venturing Deep Podcast. My name is Ama Kessie, and I consider myself a lifelong learner. But that being said, I feel that if you search deep enough, you can learn from anyone or anything. This podcast will take a look at remarkable founders, interesting people, and topics. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Venturing Deep. In this episode, we'll be talking to entrepreneur, advisor, and investor Antoine Woods. It means so much to me that you stop by to listen. Now let's get deep. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet Antoine Woods Jr. Antoine, thank you so much for coming on the Venturing Deep podcast. Antoine is a tech entrepreneur, advisor, and investor at Bronze. In short, he started as a programmer, became an entrepreneur, and grew into venture capital, and now leverages social capital for others. Okay, Antoine, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's go. I'm super excited, y'all. Antoine is an absolutely amazing person, so this is going to be a good one. All right, so I like to start with this question because I think it is important for people to know how successful people start their day. So maybe they can incorporate something from your day into theirs. So how do you typically start your day? Yeah, so you know it, it really varies based on when I go to bed, right? In terms of time, I'm getting up, but... But typically I'm up by six because I have kids and they're the right. So I try to get my day started, but I wake up, I do prayer, devotion, and then meditation. No, no really limit on it just in terms of time, but I guess make sure to get that in, even if it's a small dosage. Um, and then I read 25 pages of whatever book I'm into currently. Um, it's like a forced habit I've had to get myself into, right? And make sure I'm actually physically reading and not just listening uh, to podcasts and things like that. Which podcast? <laughs> it's okay. We didn't take any offense to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to, uh, yeah, you know, get get that physical print in in the mornings, and then um, after that, I read uh, the Morning Brew, which is like a, a business newsletter to kind of just kind of uh, caps like the important news of the day. So I'm kind of in the know somewhat. And then by that time, my kids are up and I'm making breakfast. Wow. 25 pages. I have a question. How did you, why 25? Because I'm like, if, if I do 25 per day, typically books are, you know, 200 to 300 pages. Mm. So 25 a day, I can knock it out. So I, I try to read one physical book per month and then one or two audible uh, books. But if I can... Do 25 pages on that cadence, I'll get through it within that month's time. Wow. Okay. Well, we need, we're slacking and we need to get back on that. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, but again, it's, it's a, I have to force myself, like, you know what? Like, sit down. I don't have my phone uh, in the room um, and I read in a certain area. So, whenever I'm there, you know, mentally, at least I feel as if I'm kind of in the, in the right mind space to kind of, sit down and take it in. And I'm not trying to check uh, email or Twitter or anything mm-hmm. first in the morning because it's, it's really unhealthy. Yes. So. That's a good tip to set somewhere in your house or your room that is just for the specific thing. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we're going to actually go a little bit back. We want you to kind of tell us like, where did you grow up and how did you grow up? Yeah. So I'm originally from Portland, Tennessee. Um, I never heard of that. <laughs> Most people have not, right? So it's it's a few uh, 
minutes north of Nashville. So I grew up in, in, the, in the Nashville area, so the Middle Tennessee area. And uh, yeah, so small town, 12,000 people at, at that time growing up. So small, predominantly white town, but like parents are there. And uh, in terms of upbringing, I, I would say just the environment that I was in, it was, you know, people really worked for a living. You know, when they got home, they were covered mm. in whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Right. So a uh, blue collar area and yeah, you know, just good people, yeah. you know, just, people just, you know, going, going to work, going to, going to church and kind of whatever sport thing is going on. Yeah. Right. So it was a really. Sounds like tight knit um, type of community. Yeah, it was because it was so small and I really didn't appreciate it then, but like now that I'm getting older, I can look back and, and really appreciate the environment. But it, it was very small. Um, it, and not saying this in a negative way, but I knew there was a lot more out there. Mm, that's real. With me watching movies or TV, I'm like, man, like the world is completely different from what I see every day. That's real. Um, and I, I knew that uh, my time there was short. Wow. So. That's I wanted to ask you. So um, I know we're going to talk more about how you got into entrepreneurship, but was there anyone in your family that kind of like inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Like, was there anyone who, I don't know, had their own shop or had their own business that you were like, hmm, yeah. this could be something I could yeah, do in the yeah. future? Absolutely. You know, so I would say in terms of entrepreneurship, right? So so I did. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. I didn't realize it at the time, really. We never do. Uh, <laughs> we're like, this is yeah. what dad does. <laughs> yeah. So he, well, he still is. He's an, uh, an electrician. Wow. But he worked for a company, but he also had his own on the side. So he would come home and be like, hey, I'm going to a side job, which didn't register. But he had a crew of people that worked for him during the day. Wow. And then in the evening, he would go and work as well. So so I saw that early on, but didn't realize what was really happening, right? So, you know, whenever I thought of business, I thought of the the briefcase or really, really any role that Michael Douglas played, <laughs> right? He was always typecast as like the executive. So yeah. You know, the suit, the business card, the briefcase is what I thought of like being a business person, but didn't realize my dad was really operating at a high level at that point. So that's real. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's move on and see where did you end up going to college? I know you said you were trying to spread your wings, but did you spread your wings right at college or after? Yeah. So spreading wings. Yeah. So so I went to Middle Tennessee State okay. University. So MTSU, which is the biggest university in, in Tennessee. I wanted to stay. Originally, the the my plan was to go to the University of, of Tennessee to go to UT and be able to just enjoy the the sports for free, right? Was Always in my head, like, that's where I wanted to go. But I stayed close to home just for my, my brother's sake. So I went to MTSU so I could get to him within an hour. But um, it was a great experience. And to be honest, that was the first time, you know, you're, you're seeing people who think differently than you because, you know, so many different backgrounds and cultures yeah. and things coming together. And you're learning so much. So I really spread my wings there. I met some some great people who kind of were doing things in terms of like business entrepreneurship that really interested me and the conversations were different and so on. So, um, yeah, so I met a group of guys and not to, I guess, get ahead. Right. But 
I met a group of, of, of guys there that were just building things. Yeah. Like, man, I'm like starting their own companies. I'm like, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. So I went to school for computer information systems and yeah, kind of, I get bit by the entrepreneurial bug early for meeting these guys and kind of just dove in. Um, and I was like, Hey, let me, let, let me learn what's going on and kind of just see what's here and what I could potentially do as well. So, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, so you, you did the computer information systems. We know that you ended up becoming a programmer. Did, were you still, yeah. were you still like full into programming or were you dabbling in entrepreneurship while you're programming? Like, yeah. tell us about how did you end up like just shifting away? <laughs> how did that come about? Yeah. yeah. So uh, number one, I, I was a horrible. <laughs> I don't believe it, but all right. <laughs> I'll be honest, I say dating myself, but um, yeah, so so YouTube launched while I had these programming classes. So I'm sitting for hours in front of a, com- a computer with access to YouTube. It just had like these these videos of people doing things, right? Which was just mind blowing. So I spent a lot of time on, on YouTube uh, in those classes. But no, but I, I did okay in school. But I, I really wasn't just, I guess, locked in. Because fortunately, we were able to do our first startup while I was was at MTSU. We fortunately like kicked off the textbook rental industry. So we developed a software that allowed physical bookstores to actually rent out their idle inventory. Wow. So, you know, the first really six weeks of school, the students are, are buying their books. Yep. And then book kind of it was like a swap beat. Like yeah. the first weeks like, of school. You're fighting yes, you are. you are. You are. Yeah. Fighting over the books. The books are 500, you know, doc. Yes. It's crazy pricing. So the thought was, what if, you know, you only need your book for midterm and then finals. So you really only yeah. need the book for two, maybe three weeks out of the year. What if you could rent them for just three days to, to study? That was the thesis. Um, yeah. So so while in school, we, we were growing that, which was cool. So my, my professors understood what was going on. So I was able to kind of just travel the, the U.S. and wow. uh, basically, you know, sell the product and things like that. So, so did you give them a cut? Yeah, cool. Did so you what? give the teachers a cut? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was giving the university I know. already. <laughs> you know, uh, I did not. But. Yeah, like, yeah. No, but um, no, so I I really took to entrepreneurship and I was programming. So it was, it it was something I knew that I had, I guess, the the fallback on, right? It's always there. But I knew entrepreneurship was, was the thing because I kind of just made my own day, right? I kind of just scheduled my own day. And yeah, I kind of just took to that. And what also helped as well is I graduated in 2008 which was right at the at the top of the uh, recession. How was like, that? I mean, were y'all? Ner- I mean, I'm wondering, were y'all like nervous yeah. and? So, so Sally Mae was. Oh no! <laughs> y'all on first name? You calling her like she a person? Oh. My. <laughs> so, so Sally Mae was calling immediately, oh, wow. right as soon as you graduate. But you know, the the biggest thing and the reason why I guess I stuck to entrepreneurship and kind of just rolled it out was because. At that time, there were no, uh, there were no jobs for like people graduating. There were wow. no paid internships. There were no free internships. My goodness! So there was like nothing. So it was like getting out of school and being like, okay, what's next? Let nothing. Me- <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't know what it is, but I feel like people who graduated in that OA type of time, like y'all, are fearless. Like y'all just be like, well, 
Here we go. I mean, yeah. yeah. A, a, a forced habit, right? So, but, but fortunately, so we, we were still running the startup at that time. And unfortunately, we ended up closing it. We ah, just had some issues. Okay. Um, we had, although I was building software, I wasn't at the level we needed in terms of operating, you know, our product. And we hired some programmers and just ran into some things that we just could not. Like come back from. Come back from. Uh, couldn't get additional funding and so on. But again, so I, I just, I built apps and websites during that time to kind of yeah, kind of keep afloat. And we, you know, the biggest thing, right, I was I guess I've always been open to just opportunity. I really just say, oh, no, I'm good. But like, yeah, let me let me see where this leads. So that was during the Web 2.0 phase where everything was an app. And uh, so we were able to capitalize. Yeah. I was going to ask you this later, but since we, we were talking about it, from that whole experience, like, is there anything that you would want to share with founders that you learned from that when building? Yeah. In terms of in terms of that time, it's really being fearless, right? Which is, I guess, information that, that's good for any time, but I was just open to things. And I, I think the the biggest piece of advice for for anyone, everything is learnable. Mm. You know? So if you really want to do something, like if you really want to do it, you'll do it. Like you'll figure it out. And especially in today's uh times, like you can learn anything on YouTube, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you really want to do something, figure it out. <laughs> and you can, and you, and you, and you can, can figure it out, right? It's going to take, it's, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. going to be some growing pains in there. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think some people don't like to feel uncomfortable, but it's just like, hey, if you really want to learn something, you might got to put yourself in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So yeah. let's move into venture capital. Okay. I want to know, like, what made you decide that you wanted to delve into that space? Yeah. Yeah. At, at first, I, I didn't, right? It wasn't anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I was exposed to it from, you know, being a founder yeah. and having to fundraise. Yeah. But we, but in terms of really what it really was, I really didn't have an idea, right, of it. But what got me into it was just, again, being a founder. Uh, being in uh, founder communities and seeing that uh, people just had issues with just getting their ideas going and more importantly, getting them funded. So this is around like 2015. I got active in the startup ecosystem here in, in Atlanta and the founders we were working with just had the same questions I had when I was raising money years prior, which was, you know, how do I get this idea off the ground or how can I find money to fund my idea? Mm. There wasn't a lot of money in the Southeast in terms of like venture capital or really in terms of investing in startups. And it's getting better now, but you know, we still have a lot of work to do around that. But um, so I saw a problem. I'm a problem solver at that time. I was operating a, a branding agency that focused on brand positioning and things like that. I have, and I had been doing it for a while and uh, I love doing things new and kind of exciting. So I, I thought on it for a while. And then around 2019, I was like, there needs to be more money mm. here. There wasn't like a firm or anything I could just join, right? To kind of cut my teeth and and, and learn the, the, the industry. So I just, um, I just started just started. I went on Google. I went on. Google. He's telling y'all exactly what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he he told y'all to go on YouTube and learn stuff, and, and that's what he did. Yeah, so I went. I went to Google and YouTube, and then I had some friends yeah. that were that were in the industry that I was able to to, to call and kind of ask. 
And initially it started as an accelerator. Wow. So I was like, you know, entrepreneurs need better support. And this was before, so this is 2019. So a year before the, you know, George Floyd and, and everything that kind of came with that and influx of programming and things for black and brown founders. But I wanted to do uh, to do an accelerator that really focused on the basics and the foundational pieces of, of starting a company, right? And, and even just positioning yourself to scale. There are a lot of companies right now like that are operating and people are, are fundraising, but they have no clue what the hell they're doing. Mm. You know? uh, because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So it started as an accelerator. And then after several conversations, they were like, man, this should be a fund. You should have a fund as well. Okay. So I researched that. <laughs> This is incredible. And then, yeah. And then I, I researched how much it costs to actually get a firm established when thinking of doing like the lawyers and things like that. So on average, it costs around like a hundred K to get like a fund off the ground. I think that's a Chick-fil-A franchise. Don't quote me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, you can do, you can get like some franchises and, you know, and things like that, right. For, for that, for that cost. And, you know, and that's just getting things set before you even raising money or all of that. So I was like, Oh, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on this. So I, I just did it. So I, uh, so I incorporated like everything I needed to do structurally. I just did on my own. And then from there, right. After getting it, it structured in terms of the, the, the fund, but I was also able to do the website and the thesis and, and all that, right? Just based on my previous experiences. So over a weekend, I had like the logo and the site, everything was built. Like I told my wife about this on like a Friday evening. And then like by Sunday, Sunday night, I had like done a landing page, everything kind of just established. And then I went to LinkedIn and uh, anyone that had the term like uh, venture capitalist or VC or GP, any term, any any industry term, I searched and then um, I reached out and said, "Hey, I'm, my name is Antoine Woods. I'm I'm new to the venture space. Um, can I get 15 minutes of, of your time?" And most of the people that I reached wow. out to were like, "Yeah," and uh, so I kind of. I built like a pseudo network that way, but more, most importantly, just insight and guidance on look into this, look into that. Cause again, you don't know what you, what you don't know. And if you don't know something, ask questions. Yeah. Just ask. So that's how, that's how I'm going. It wasn't the smartest route to go. I mean, (laughs) but it's the route that I took. I mean, that's like. Like I said, that's absolutely incredible that you were able to do that with just like, you know, your, of course, I know you said you had your network, but like, it's not like you had to do a lot of like the work and the research in order to make it come about. And like, that's like a, I don't know. Wow. Wow. And it's funny because- well, it, I was going to say it, it was important, right? Because again, I, I think it goes back to, again, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Speak on at it. That point, yeah, at that point. Yeah. At my point- at, at that point in my life, I was I was really focused on just like purpose and legacy type stuff. Like you know, whenever it is my time, like what will what is the thing that I've done outside of yeah, I built a company that did this thing. So I was really focused on that, and I knew it was important. So I, I really leaned into it and put a lot a lot of time, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of and and again, it's a, a crash course, right? So you're not you're not getting paid to to start a fund. Or uh, 
you know, being a first time fund manager, you know, there's no money in being a first time fund manager. Mm. Um, but it was just based on something I felt it was needed and I put the time in. So for that, that first year to all of 2019, I spent building network and just getting things structurally set for 2020 to officially begin the fundraise. I went into 2020 with a, with a few uh, commitments uh, for the fun, feeling good about it. And of course the pandemic. Hit. Yeah. And then what happened when the pandemic hit? Like you felt like things slowed down. Everything stopped. Dang. Yeah. Everything stopped. So the commitments I, I did have. Fizzled out. Uh, fizzled out. I'm like, okay, so. All right. So what, you know, is this a two week thing? Like, like we were hearing, yeah. like how, how long would this thing yeah. last and things but I was just like reading and researching and things like that, still, you know, uh, connecting and trying to position myself. How do you, for whenever it's, I, I can see that that maybe would have, would have been disappointing, you know, to have done all that. Like, how do you, how do you move through, like for those listening, how do you navigate through disappointment? Like, how did you continue to push forward? Yeah. 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 So I mean, life is disappointing, mm. not not the totality of life, right? But that's just elements. Yeah. That's just elements. Like there's ups and downs. Like, yeah. You gotta stay in the middle. Uh and I will and again, but that that's a learned that's a learned trait, right? To for me. Cause for me, especially my wife, like folks around me is like, man, you should be excited about this. Or man, this is awesome. Yeah. Like Shout out to your wife for the positivity. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to her. Man. Yeah, she support system yeah, for she, real. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I always stay in the middle, so I, I don't get too high or too low. But again, that, that's a trait learned just by life. Mm-hmm. By life, just your ass or whatever it may be, right? Things going good, things going bad. And then realizing even when disappointment or even a heartache happens, right? Yeah. The world doesn't stop. That's true. Like you, you still have to keep pushing forward. Um, and once I learned that, that um, no matter what happened, People around me are still living because we're all in our own, you know, bubbles or ecosystems and we have things that are important specifically to us and things like that. It was like, you just have to just keep moving even when it's uncomfortable, you know? Wow. Um, But yeah, but but again, that's a learning trait is like, I'm either going to say, man, this, this isn't fair. What's that? Why is this happening (laughs) to me? You know, like, but that, that doesn't get anything Mm. Life, life isn't fair, flat out. Like at, at no point, life isn't fair. And I think once you identify that and become okay with it, and realize that there will be some things that are unfortunate, mm. uh, but we have the power to just to keep pressing. Yeah, like just keep pressing, even mm. when you don't feel like it. You just keep pressing, and and that's what I did during. Uh, during that time, you know, I just kept just preparing myself just for, you know, for the fundraise and, and things like that. And it's just being active. And two, I, I had invested way too much time to be like, oh, well, man, this isn't happening. What's next? Yeah. So I'm like, no, nah, I got to ride this out. Yeah. That's real. Wow. Okay. Well, he ain't say it explicitly, but to be a good entrepreneur, you got to be resilient. You got to, you got to be able to take some punches. You got to roll with it. You got to be able to keep going honestly so yeah you gotta have a high you have to have a high pain tone mm. like it has to be high yeah or, or if it's not 
if your pain tolerance isn't high, which is cool, there's nothing wrong with starting something like like really giving it a real try. Yeah. And then not working out. Wow. That's life. That's business. That's relationships. That's everything. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? This isn't working out. Yeah. And let me try something else. But, you know, a lot of the stories we hear in terms of like famous and successful people are like, you always hear of the hardships. And right before they were going to give up, something happened. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're paying time. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, like, <clears throat> man, this hurts. But does it hurt enough for me to be like, like I tap out. Yeah. And and oftentimes whenever things are like really, really bad or you kind of like really, really in your feels and like, I don't know if I can take this, it's usually right on the other side of the, the breakthrough you're needing. Right. Yeah. So so for me, in terms of being an entrepreneur, self-awareness, right? yeah. which is which is a learned yeah. trait and then your pain tolerance. He just dropped a gem on y'all. I got, look, I might need to end the episode here because I think that was it, you know, but uh, no, I'm just playing. (laughs) So let's move on. So like now you're an investor at Bronze. Why don't you tell us more about Bronze and, you know, what type of founders you're looking for if anybody's listening and they're like, ooh, I think I might be a good fit here. So yeah, let us know more about it. Yeah. So the the work we're doing at Bronze, and let let me just share this first, and this is a complete moment of, of transparency. Hey, we got an exclusive on the Venture podcast, hey. okay? But in terms of pain tolerance, right? So I didn't I didn't start with with bronze. My own, you know, firm in fund wow. called Vertical Four Hundred Four. Um, you know, the thesis of of Vertical was to invest in Black, Latinx, and women founders who are advancing the way we live, work, and play. So, and we had that thesis before. Everything with George Floyd and, and things that happened, uh, and people just were not interested. Wow! Like, as soon as you said black or brown or underrepresented, I wow! Mean, they weren't banging the phone yeah, on me, yeah. but it was like, oh well, man, best of luck, you know, type deal. Wow! Like, that was a fundraise for, for what we were doing, but we were raising thirty million yeah. uh, for a fund one, and we got just about halfway there in terms of commits. And again, this is like over time because we had a, a few start and stops with the fun, just with things happening with life, you know, sick parents. Yeah. I had a, I had a health issue. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, just life happens, right. Mm-hmm. Where you have these starts and stops and I had to get to a point where I'm like, Hey, like, what am I doing? Like, am I really having the impact that I'm having? One of the great things I was able to do during that time, right. While fundraising for the fun one was to, of course, expand my network, but then as well, I was able to work with, with founders, which was the goal in general. Um, so build, you know, a great report with just founders from mentoring it basically any um, entrepreneurial support program out there. I've been like a mentor and an advisor for, right? Again, just building network, building social equity and things like that. But in terms of pain tolerance, so I got to a point where I'm like, uh, my my partner left, he, he joined another firm and so on. I'm like, man, like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm kind of reaching my pain threshold in the sense of, I know I could do so much. I know I can do whatever I'm wanting, can pivot and still do things in the space, but it's important for me to be able to not only ad- advise and kind of work with founders, but also to cut checks, yeah. you know, and it's important. And I'm like, is it important for me to have the accolade of being the fund manager or should I look into doing something that allows me to still do the work I'm passionate about, which is helping founders, but then also cut checks just under another umbrella that's not led by me. So I reached out to my network and man, we're just candid. 
and and open and vulnerable. I think it's got got some great advice from other you know black fund managers that are in the space that I'm sure most folks know know of in terms of venture and uh, just real real conversation. And I was like, man, I gotta I gotta figure this out. But I spoke with and one of those people were were Stephen DeBerry over at Bronze, and I kind of let him know where I was and what I was looking to do. And he was like, man. You know, why don't you join me here and what we're doing at Bronze, right? So he was a solo GP, so it was just him. So it didn't take much time to think about it, but I was like, man, I'd, I'd be a damn fool not to take this opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, so I did. Uh, and the great thing ab- about doing so is that um, I'm able to do what I sought out to do initially and basically with, with the same thesis. Yeah. Um, so at Bronze, so the thesis uh, at Bronze is profitably moving social disparity to prosperity. So what that means is that whenever the company is generating a dollar of revenue, there's also some metric of impact also generated. Wow. And it's, although venture is about capitalism. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the game. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, that, that is, that is the, um, the American way, right. Is, is capitalism. Um, and that is very, that is very important. Um, but also the impact piece is, is, is very important. So even if, if there's a, uh, a deal that makes sense in terms of the, the capitalistic side, if it doesn't have the impact piece, it's, it's, a, it's a no-go mm. for us, which I, I really appreciate and, and respect. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, you know, things, just the thesis in general, right? Again, it, you know, around the impact, but as well in terms of being a true resource to, to founders, um, and this is not, um, this is not knocking anyone that, that takes this approach because what works for you works for you. But fortunately, like I've never been like a, a big social media person or, Hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that or, or I'm here. And that's just the, the perspective and mindset over at bronze as well. So, you know, you're not going to see a lot of, uh, social posts or so on. Uh, but we're just driving impact behind the scenes. Right. Uh, and especially for our portfolio, our portfolio companies, and founders, but just really being hands-on with them and actually being a true resource outside of cutting a check, yeah. which was what I had in mind for, Verti- for Vertical 404. So although although it didn't happen under my own umbrella, yeah. I'm still doing the work that started this whole thing. And again, I'm, I'm grateful that um, in terms, I guess, my genetic makeup, I guess, or just learned experiences that I have the humility... Uh, to even do so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but again, but then to just lastly, but that, that goes to being kind of purpose driven. You kind of get seeing the, the big picture and where the impact really, yeah. really is. So, but, but things are good, man. It was, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been yeah. awesome. It's like you, you never attached yourself to like, okay, the vehicle that you were going to use to get there, you attach yourself to purpose. And so whatever that was, that basically was, that was going to help you get there. That's what you were looking forward to. And, and, and I think, you know, the fact that you were able to be, you said that, you know, humble, humble yourself, like how you, you, cause there was things that you wanted to do accomplish on your own. And even though it's going to be like in a different way, like who knows, like the impact that you're going to have is going to be like greater. Cause it's two of y'all together rather than by yourself. And I'm really excited. And that's a really interesting story. Like, wow. And like really, really impactful. And I think people are going to hear that and just be like, you know what? I can, I, I 
could do that. I could I could basically, you know, change change the way that I you know, that I thought something was supposed to be and be able to like find a different path. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? Even because I'm I'm a big manifesto. Yeah. Um huge. Ever since I've been a kid, right? Yeah. I didn't realize it. I was it was manifestation back then, yeah. but I kind of just always spoke. Even when when I said I felt as if the environment I, I grew in was limiting, I knew there was more out there. Yeah. Uh, even as a kid, I was like, I'm moving to Atlanta. You know, like Atlanta. Even <laughs> small things, right? I just kind of just always kind of just spoken in, into yeah. fruition. But 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 I share that because you know, oftentimes we have an idea for what we're wanting to do or how they should go or yeah. how things should be, which sometimes isn't the case. And we have to be open to those, um, those signs, whether they be verbally or visual, even internally, yeah. those good feelings and kind of navigating with that. Um, and we'll, we'll land, we'll land where we need to land if we just take that approach. That's real. You know, hmm. Are there, is there anything? And that, and that's my perspective. No. Just from my lens based on my own personal experience. Yeah. And that's. I mean, that works for everyone, yeah. but for me, that's how I've, how I've operated and what, what works for And me. it's valid, you know, it really is. So I was, um, I was going to ask you, so I know that you're, you're going to be at bronze, but it's like, is there any future plans for anything else? Or you're just doubling down and focusing on this. You got a book coming out that we need to know because, you know, you have all these different philosophies that you've been sharing with the audience. So I just. No, no, <laughs> no, no book, no okay. book. Oh, it's, it's funny you say that. So my, my wife just wrote a book. Uh, shout it out. Hold on. Miss Robin Woods. <laughs> this is for you. Yes. 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 Miss, Miss Robin Woods. Uh, so she wrote a book called Boss Moms Move Differently. And it's just based on her experience with being a person who was, you know, in corporate, married, you know, mother, but trying to do everything, oh. but feeling as if you're failing it at all three, wow, right? Wow. Or just failing at everything. Um, she had a framework that she used to kind of get out of that rut and kind of do things at a high level, right? In terms of career, family, and then personally, yeah. she's often left out. So, and that that's her life's work currently. Oh my god, is helping other high performing moms. So I'm 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 very yes. very proud of that because she was an entrepreneur. She's the heavily degreed individual and all the certifications. Wow, and, and uh, you know the corporate and things like that. I think I kind of wore her down over the over the years, right? So she she has now been bitten by the bug and and has um uh yeah is, is building a, a great company yeah. and, and service offering. Y'all should see how he's lighting up talking about her. I was gonna ask, is the book already out or is it pre order? What's no yeah, so it's okay. Out. So uh it's it's on Amazon. Okay. Uh, Boss moms move differently, and then her site is BMMB Book. Dot com. Okay. Um, but yeah, so just a quick plug on that. But I, I share that, right? Because I, I don't see myself writing a book or anything. Whatever. We'll see. <laughs> I say that, but in, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. But uh, but no, but in terms of the future, yeah, you know, just re- for the foreseeable future, right? Just uh, the work we're doing here at, here at Bronze, we're, we're wrapping up our fund to now. Uh, that's 75 million. And then our, the fund three opens in Q4, which is basically raised already. So, uh, you know, just really focused on, again, just being a resource in, in just the, in the ecosystem 
But in terms of like, I'm assuming you're asking about personal pursuits. Well, right. it can be it can be anything that you want to share with the listeners. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, man, you know, right <laughs> now I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm just seeing bronze, but you know, I, I'm a starter. So I'm sure I'll see or find something that I feel as if needs to be worked on and I'll, I'll work on yeah. it. But right now, right, it's just, um, you know, in, investing and then just being a resource of founders. which That I, he is, y'all. Is really a that he of, is. A, a bulk of, of my day, right? So, um, but yeah. Yeah. Just, just being a resource. Oh, man. You know. Okay. A, a long-winded long answer to a short question. Nah, that was perfect. That was perfect. Okay, Antoine, so we got to the end of the show. And we have the speed round. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) So this this is like top of mind. Top of mind. I've had to think on something. No, no, no. It's okay. I'm I'm totally joking. I love it. I love the answers everybody gives. Okay. So do you have a favorite book? I do. Um, Favorite book is Obstacle is the Way uh, by Ryan Holiday. Okay. Um, I recommend this to... Uh, to anyone navigating life. Okay. Okay. Uh, when you were a kid, what did you want to be? <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted to um, write and direct uh, horror movies. Wow. That is very interesting. I've never heard yeah. that before. Okay. <laughs> That's different. Okay, cool. Even because, you know, we was always getting killed first. That's why you wanted to do that. So we wouldn't get killed first, right? Because they was always... No, that was one of the things, but I think uh, LL Cool J kind of broke that, broke that mold with uh, Halloween H2O and then- uh, I never heard that movie. <laughs> I didn't even know he did a movie like that. Yeah, he was a security guard, but I, I, I digress. We'll, 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 we'll dig into Okay, that. okay. Uh, what is your favorite place to visit in your city? Shout it out. It could be Atlanta or it could be back in Tennessee. Like Favorite, favorite place to visit. You're like, oh, if I go here, I'm going to have a good time. I'm gonna eat good or what? So I'll, I'll keep it. I keep it local to Atlanta. Okay. So there is a small hole in the wall taco place called Taco Boy. Oh, it's next to it. It's it's attached to a Shell gas station. What? <laughs> like in Texas, you know they got the uh, taco shops next to them gas stations in Texas. Man, what? Like, taco Boy. Okay. You know, we'll go out of my way for that place. And, and there, there's great food in Metro Atlanta as a whole. Yes. But this one very small hole in the wall spot is a is a good Dang. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So then that leads me to what's your favorite pastime snack? What y'all used to Yeah, popcorn. Popcorn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sit down with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Anybody. Oh man. I know it's rapid fire. Um, it's okay. That's a tough one. I'm curious. Um, man, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Why? I mean, he's the most accomplished, one of the most accomplished individuals in the history of, of mankind, right? So I'm sure the insight he can give would be something that um, is very valuable. Hmm. So I'll, I'll say that is very, I've never heard that. You know, yeah, yeah. He was. Well, okay. What are three of the most important things to you right now? And that's so ironic. I said three because it could be like your kids and then your wife. But you know, who who do you want? I want want to go generic. So I'll I'll say, yeah. Um, I'll say, man, three most important things. 
So family number one is very important because time is very limited. Yeah. Um, it's important that we build um, experiences with one another. Yes. Uh, so family, uh, sports, uh, watching, not playing. I get, I'm at the age where I get injured uh, very easily. So watching sports. <laughs> uh, and third, <laughs> and third um, man, just again, being a resource. Yeah. I think that's always top of mind uh, every morning. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to ask you this. This last question. When it's all said and done, Antoine... What do you want to be known for? Hmm. I want to be known as a person who gave without the expectation of getting anything. Wow. Back. I think it's the biggest wow. thing. And if we can operate that way, I think the outcome would be positive. Yeah. Regardless of what's going on. But um, That's, I like that. I think I'm good with that. I'm good with I like that. that. My dad always says, I'm a don't give nobody nothing if you thinking you're going to get it back. If you can't give it yeah. without it not coming back, don't give it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and I, I learned I learned that early. Yeah. Um, when you operate that way, it just causes just frustration. Yeah. You're gonna always be frustrated, you know, because uh, people often don't live up to expectations yeah. or or what you think they should do or how they should do it. But um, just doing things off the strength of knowing it, it just should be done, yeah. and you have the ability to do it. So why not? Wow. Man, this is probably one of my favorite episodes right now. Okay. But uh, all right, y'all. So thank you so much, Antoine, for coming on the Venturing D podcast. This was absolutely incredible. I think people are going to get so much from everything that you said. Uh, you've lived so much life and just like have seen so many different things and and done so many cool things. And like, there, I, I feel like the sky is the limit and you're going to continue to have this impact. Uh, y'all, he's like one of the most genuine people I've ever met. And I'm just super excited for what he's going to do at Bronze. But yeah, Antoine. Yes. This, this, was, this was fun. This was fun. And I don't do this often. No, he doesn't. He don't He don't even be on social media like that, y'all. So I don't need, y'all don't have to find him. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, um, but you, you asked and, and anything you have going, you know, I want to support and, and be part of. So I really appreciate Thank the you. way you show up in, in every room you're in. And I love to be around quality people, and you're one of those people. So uh, thank you. All right, y'all. Antoine Woods Jr. Well, that concludes another episode of the Venturing Deep podcast. And y'all know, no episode is complete without some takeaways. And before we get into it, remember, takeaways don't have to be what the guest says verbatim. It can be just something that I got from the conversation that I wanted to touch on. All right, let's get into it. So who you surround yourself with is so important. It can cause you to think differently or see something for your life that you would not have otherwise. Antoine meeting those individuals in his college days further opened his mind to business and entrepreneurship. Next, you can learn just about anything. There are so many possibilities for you to choose from. It got me thinking that if you want to learn something or change your life, you should just start where you are and with what you have. Next, stuff happens. Man, <laughs> if that's not the truth, even when life and disappointment arises, life does not stop. As Antoine put it, you still have to keep pushing forward. You have the decision and power to keep pressing on. Also, he believes to make a good entrepreneur, you need to be self-aware and have a high pain tolerance. As an entrepreneur, it'd be really great if you did, but if you are not able to roll with the punches, 
As long as you gave it your best, that's okay too. Lastly, his story about how he was able to transition into bronze reminded me of yet again how important it is to have a strong network and how sometimes you have to be open to new possibilities. Well, that wraps it up for us. You can find us on Instagram at the Venture D Podcast. And if you want to talk to me directly, you can find me on Instagram at keeping it underscore Kessie or on Twitter at ama underscore Kessie. I am so excited to hear your feedback, questions for future guests, or anything else you want to discuss. And could you do one thing for me? Could you share this episode with your peers? And if you loved it, leave a five-star rating and a positive review so that we can reach more people. Special thanks to today's guests. And thank you to you because our time is our most valuable resource and you you spent some of it with me. And for that, I am so, 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 so grateful. Until next time, don't be afraid to venture deep.